Hi, and welcome to the Human Side of Business podcast. I'm Angie Cabe, CEO and co-founder of Intuity Performance. I'm a performance coach, HR professional, whole person leadership facilitator, and your host. The Human Side of Business podcast is fueled by the genuine curiosity to understand how personal characteristics and skills can be leveraged to drive individual and team performance, tangible outcomes, and ultimately organizational success within business. Each podcast is devoted to sharing knowledge, expanding our learning edges, and exploring the trends in corporate culture towards growing the emotional intelligence of organizations. I'm so glad you're here. The Elevate Business Podcast is here to promote the enormous contributions of small and medium-sized businesses around the world by exploring the actions that make a workplace successful, the trends in corporate culture towards growing the emotional intelligence of an organization, and how we build whole person performance from the ground up. Each podcast is devoted to sharing knowledge, growing our learning edges, and honoring our passions with a special guest who has elevated their business, overcome obstacles, and inspires others to do the same. So glad you're here. Hi, and a warm welcome to episode number 18 of the Elevate Business Podcast. Both myself, Ange McCabe, and Scott Russ are your hosts. We have the pleasure of introducing you to Alan Villay, who is a tech entrepreneur with a passion for helping people succeed with data. Alan is co-founder and CEO of Clipfolio, which for the past 20 years has made it easy and affordable for next-gen teams to make faster data-driven decisions. Working with world-renowned brands such as Zendesk, Red Cross, and IKEA. Alan also shares his advice and wisdom as a board member of various tech companies. Welcome, Alan. Well, so so pleased to be here. That 20 years um, really stuck out. So <laughs> I think that, that's maybe the first time that I heard that I've been I've been involved in this uh, company for 20 years. So mm, mm. can you take us? I was going to say, I'll treat that as a positive. <laughs> <laughs> that is a positive. 20 is a good number. Sure. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about that journey across those 20 years and how you got started and a little bit more about you? Yeah, mm. yeah sure. So um, maybe I'll, I'll back it right up. Um, so I actually, I, I, I didn't do software or um, business in school. I, I actually did industrial design um, and, and I was actually quite passionate about design and, and still am. Uh, but as it happened in, uh, in sort of our last year of university, uh, two of my friends and I, we started another uh, tech company and, and we, we really just stumbled into it. Um, you know, this is, this is 1996 now and we were building websites and I was the designer. You know, there was somebody coding the sites and there was somebody selling our services. And it was so much fun, and um, you know, we were building this business, and uh, and I think that's a common that's a common theme throughout all of um, my 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 zigs and zags is that I've always enjoyed building things, mm-hmm. but that sort of that first little mini company that then actually grew up to be a fairly uh, sizable company, and eventually it actually even did an IPO on the Toronto Stock Exchange. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was really the first. Um, turn into software and it was from that company that i moved in 2020 or 2001 uh, to start clipfolio um and and again i started it with um 
with two other colleagues um, that I've known for a long time. Uh, and I, again, I think there's a lesson in that as well. Uh, picking your your co-founders is is almost like marriage. It's it's really really important. Um, and I think a lot of people do enter into that too lately. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, we started this company and uh, we saw an opportunity. It was something that again excited us. We were building um, a new business. Um, and, uh, and it, and it's, it's remained actually somewhat, uh, consistent over the years, even though we were selling in the early days, we were building something for consumers. It was a dashboard that allowed you to monitor the weather, uh, your stocks, um, the news, uh, you know, the picture of the day, whatever it was, mm-hmm. it was still a tool that allowed you as a person to monitor frequently changing data, um, and we've sort of grown up and we've, you know, zeroed in on certain different uh, target markets. But still today, we're doing the same thing. We're allowing decision makers to monitor the data that they need so that they can make faster and, and smarter decisions on a daily basis. So there has been that consistent thread uh, throughout our 20 year. I'm going to say I'm going to start saying it now. <laughs> our 20 year history. So. It's something to celebrate, certainly in this day and age. Um, so there's a couple of golden nuggets I heard in there. One was with regards to excitement. You said that word a few times. Mm-hmm. Is that what continuously has fueled you through the 20 years or is there something else? Um, it's a good question because I do think, um, I think entrepreneurs need a lot to drive them forward. Um, it really is a, it is a difficult uh, long journey. Um, mm. and, uh, and I think excitement is maybe, it might be an interesting word, but it might be a little superficial. I think, um, passion is probably the word that would, you know, keep you going even in the darkest of days. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think, I think there has to be that, right. There has to be sort of a, an, an undying desire to, to help, make some aspect of what you're doing better. Right. Um, you know, and, and there is, there's a lot to be said. If you, if you build something and somebody starts using it and feeds back that value to you, you know, and, and, and you want to hear those words in the early days, you want to hear that, you know, your product is, is being loved and, you know, it's being needed and it's driving value. Um, that's really addictive to, to an entrepreneur. And I think that sort of, feeds back into the the passion that yes indeed you know if you listen and 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 adjust uh, and 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 keep at it you can build something that has tremendous value mm-hmm. so what, what i heard from there alan was this idea that you know um excitement or for a better word you know passion is really what's what's kind of driven the company forward and just driven drives entrepreneurs in general and you mentioned you know this idea of overcoming these, these dark days. Um, so I'm curious if there's any, anything that comes to mind when you think about that or think about a dark day and how did you p- overcome maybe some of those obstacles or some of those roadblocks that came up? Yeah. Um, yeah. So there, there have been many, many, many uh, hurdles and, uh, and, and people and, and people that I trust uh, along the way who have either advised me, you know, not to go down this path, um, or, you know, your own, your own self doubt sort of getting in the way. Um, 
And, um, you know, I think it's, it's especially difficult in the early days where the company itself doesn't have any momentum. There's no, there's no brand. Um, you may be struggling to actually identify, you know, who the target audience is, um, you know, how to price something, um, you know, will they trust us, uh, with, with their data, uh, with the value that they're, they're attributing to us. So there, there are so many places where I think an entrepreneur can, um, get stuck. Um, and, and I do, I do remember a lot of, a lot of periods where, um, you, you don't know what the path forward is. And, and I think, I think that's normal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what the true entrepreneurial spirit does though, is it sort of says, okay, I don't know what the path forward is, you know, sleep on it. Let's figure this out. And, and I think that perseverance, um, I mean, again, with 20 years, um, you know, there's so many ups and downs that, um, I think can get in the way that you really have to just say, listen, everything is a problem and everything can be solved. Um, and, and I think, I think for that reason, I think one of the most important safety nets is not only, not only your, your family, uh, your immediate family and your, your larger family, um, but also, um, you know, ha- having a good business partner. <clears throat> and I-, I think I think if you look at the statistics, the number of companies that don't make it that have a solo founder, you know, it's it's way worse. And and I empathize, and I I really I think it is much more difficult. Had I not had um, somebody that I could chat with and somebody who could pull me up, and you know, vice versa, I can pull them through. Um, you know, they're difficult days as well. Mm. And I hear some undertones around performance in that, in the sense of there's a lens for performance in forward thinking momentum around problem solving. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't like to make assumptions, Alan. So when you hear that word, what does performance mean to you? Um, well, I mean, it's, it's an interesting word because we're, we're in a, a space that we, we sell key performance indicators, right? We're monitoring <laughs> business performance, right? Um, I actually, I actually, strangely, I, I don't think about that word too much. It almost seems, um, uh, shallow, uh, in my mind. Um, mm. so, you know, I, I, I think more of how can we improve, um, you know, on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, you know, what, what journeys can we look at and improve those? What, what, you know, customer segments can we better understand? Um, performance is, is the result. Mm. You know, it's not the, it's not the input, right? I think the input is, um, you know, how do you listen? How do you evolve? How do you take appropriate risk and test things, you know, and, and act quickly, um, you know, and, and I've been in countless situations where, you know, I haven't acted quickly, you know, and of course the results aren't there or the performance isn't there. So I think performance to me is, is an end, um, state. It's a, it's a result, uh, as opposed to an input. And I think, again, like if you want to move forward with anything, what are the leading actions? What are the leading indicators, you Mm. know, that will then, um, you know, help you, you know, achieve that desired performance. Mm. There's a, there's there's two books that always come to mind. One is, of course, Start With Why uh, by Simon Sinek. Uh, and the other one that is a really, really good book is um, 
I think the author is David Lappin. And do you guys know the the title of the book? Um, it, it's lead, lead with Greatness. Yes. And it's, yes. The same, it's the same idea. So David Lappin is an interesting, interesting guy. So he's a business coach, but he's also a rabbi. Um, so, you know, put those two things together and <laughs> be able to write a pretty good book. Um, but the idea, the idea with, you know, define, define the, the things that really are your fingerprint, you know, and then, you know, if you say, well, what is most important to me is making money most important to me, or is that an outcome mm. is, is loyalty most important to me, or is that an outcome of my actions? So it was sort of an interesting way to sort of figure out, well, which, which things are, are core and really important to the way I behave and act and, 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 and interact with my environment and which things are actually uh, the outcomes of those things. So uh, performance to me is, and you know, upward and to the right performance to me is an outcome of hopefully more important and fundamental things. Mm, I really like those insights around that definition of the word performance because um you know, oddly enough or funny enough, it has almost a knee jerk reaction with everybody when it comes to the word performance, because everybody has their different lens. So Mm -hmm. a few things that came up there in the sense of it's oftentimes around your actions and your choices and Mm -hmm. using your words, your thumbprint or your fingerprint. Mm -hmm. Um, What is that for you specifically? Um, So I don't, I don't really know. Um, so I'd, I'd have to really think about that. And of course, you know, you, you read the book and you're like, yes, you know, here I am. And these things resonate. Um, and it's been a few years since I've read that book. Um, I really, I really enjoy working with you know, smart people. Uh, mm-hmm. I love working with, you know, and, and customers alike, uh, customers, uh, employees, like, and again, I think if we can build something together, like mm. get something, you know, move it from A to B and, and see that incremental mm. value. Uh, to me, that's something that really, really drives me. And I think, I think I've been that way since I was a kid. Um, you know, I like, I like the systems that come together um, that then result in something bigger and better and more valuable. Um, mm. So I think, I think those things are definitely drivers for me, um, you know, and, I think the the other thing is um, that that idea of systems that things relate to one another. So it's not nothing is nothing is independent of something else. So I love I love seeing things as as a whole, and you know which pieces will then benefit some other piece. What do you need to do first? Um, you know, and 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 that involves both you know people and non people processes and and tools. Um, so I, I really like to see those things come together and then, you know, result in something, you know, truly amazing. Mm. And over the past 20 years of building, sorry, Scott, I see that you're going <laughs> to, sorry, I beat you to the punch. I'm really excited to understand, Alan, over the past 20 years of having the opportunity to build, what has been your biggest learnings? Oh, so this one's easy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this one's easy. And I think, I think all um, you know, entrepreneurs and, and leaders and managers will eventually come to this conclusion. Um, and you're probably going to guess what I'm going to say, right? Because when you first start your company or, or working on your idea, it really is all about the product, 
and the features and the technology. Um, and, you know, that's what excites you. But I think as you sort of move on and, and become, you know, more mature about, you know, the things that matter and what's tied to, you know, actually creating value, um, it's all about the people, right? So I, I think what I have learned is that even though you, you really focus on these, these non-people things to begin with, what I think you learn at the end is that it, it actually has everything to do with the people. So I sort of mm-hmm. joke um, that, you know, really my, my job at Clickfolio is, is threefold. Um, so I have to make sure there's enough money. So fine, end story. But then I have to make sure that we have the processes to hire the right people mm-hmm. uh, and really, really focus on that. So how do, we, how do we continually make sure that we are hiring the right people? And, and the third one is making sure that those right people play well together. Mm-hmm. So what are the, what are the structures? Uh, what's the organization? What's the, um, the DNA of the company? Um, what's the, what's the culture and the, the safety environment of the company? You know, how do you make sure that those amazing people actually work well together uh, and produce something? And if mm-hmm. you've got those things, if there's enough money, you hire the right people and they play well together, good things will happen, you know, and all the features in the world will be built and all the benefits will be delivered and performance will happen. Right. So I, I think that's been, that's been, um, perhaps my greatest realization that why don't, why don't more entrepreneurs start with really thinking about the people? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I love that. And it's funny, Ange asked a different question than what I was going to ask. Yet the mm-hmm. answer you provided was still <laughs> on point with that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm curious though, Alan, so, and there, there is a bit of a pattern here about the importance of people. And you mentioned at the beginning, you know, the importance of choosing the right partner. And you mentioned a few times about having the right co-founder if you're yep. if you're partnering with somebody and the importance of those people. Yep. And then from there, talking about the the importance of people on the team, mm-hmm. and you know hiring the right people and making sure they play nice together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, how do you create an environment for your team to play nice? And not only that, but also you know complete all these benefits and all these other uh, things that they want to accomplish as a team. Yeah, I think I think um, perhaps the most important one, um, you know. So let's let's go under the assumption that you're you're hiring the right people. Um, if you've done that, I think really the the job of management is to make sure that you create an environment where you know there's there's safety in expressing um, criticism, uh, feedback, um, you know, concerns. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if you do not have that. You know, people are going to not voice their opinions, and uh, and and we have we have lived this as well. Um, so you know, we're 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 getting better every day at at understanding what does you know a safe environment look like, and and how do you really you know help people uh, excel and and feel like they're contributing uh, in a in a good environment. Um, but I really think that has to be very very deliberate. Um, I think it has to be reinforced uh, with the executive team that um you know this idea of uh, a safe positive environment is incredibly important uh, because otherwise you will not get uh those opinions uh, out of the out of out of your employee base and then i think 
you also need to follow that through at the management level. Um, mm. Everybody knows that if somebody's going to leave, the number one reason that an employee leaves is because of their manager. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what the percentage is, but more often than not, it seems to be because of that direct relationship. So, you know, making sure that that DNA gets communicated down. Um, and we have, we've spent probably only in the past four or five years, we've spent quite a bit of time making sure that we have um, uh, coaching opportunities for the execs, coaching opportunities for um, the, the, the people managers in the company. Uh, we've spent time making sure that we've identified our values. Uh, and the values, they can't, they can't be hollow. I mean, you've got to really think that if, if somebody is not behaving in a value that is important to the company, you should be able to call them out in a meeting mm-hmm. and say, hey, uh, that wasn't in alignment with this value that we have. Um, you know, like that's the way I think you should be thinking about it. Um, you know, like, can you picture yourself doing that? Right. And then I think the third thing that is really important is. Um, and I think it's difficult. So. So I'm going to say it first and then I'm going to talk about the difficulty. The third thing that's really important is identify either correct or get rid of people that don't fall into that, into that culture. Uh, The the folks that are not creating a safe environment. Um, And we've, we've all seen them. Um, I think the, the difficulty maybe especially for senior staff and, and, in part, this sounds a bit like an excuse. So maybe you need to help me understand how I can be better here. <laughs> but but I've I've often not been the first to know. Um, so how does how does the senior staff again create an environment where you know if somebody is um, you know a bully or if somebody is not acting within the, the the values that have been established? How does the senior team? Um, immediately, you know, get to understand that there's a problem here. Um, and I think that's something maybe, maybe, maybe the CEO uh, is sometimes, you know, man- when people manage up, uh, you know, everything is rosy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think, I think that's something where you do need to have some feelers in the, in the company mm-hmm. and then act on that and, and investigate and triangulate. Um, but we've certainly been very deliberate over the past probably four or five years in making sure that um, we create an environment that's safe um, where people can play uh, nicely together and, you know, they can voice opinions. One of the other uh, amazing exercises actually mm-hmm. is, and this came from our development uh, group, and I think a lot of dev teams do this. They have, they have these retros. Um, and inside of the, the process of retro, you, you stand up a spreadsheet and you invite everybody to write down for 20 minutes uh, collaboratively, you know, you write down what are all the things that um, went well, like let's continue doing this. Uh, what are the things that were a distraction, you know, didn't go well, we should stop doing this. You know, what are the new things that we should start doing? Mm-hmm. You know, you go through this process. And again, because it's, um, there's this the period where you can enter things without anybody um, jostling for position everybody gets a, a voice. And I think, again, that's, that's a really nice uh, way to even the playing field. 
Definitely. And uh, certainly happy to chat offline with regards to senior engagement and getting a little bit more information from the different levels of your organization. Sure. One thing that comes up for me, Alan, around this whole concept of safe to fail environments is how do you empower your managers who have different leadership styles? How do you create that consistency for them? Yeah. Yeah. We know. And we noticed that too. And I was chatting with Scott about that um, last week. Um, when the company was uh, younger, um, there was a lot of new managers that got promoted into um, people manager positions without any kind of, you know, normalized training. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, at first, I think we noticed it more around, you know, one manager would be saying this about the vacation policy and, and somebody else would be saying something else about, you know, something else. So, but but I think the more important thing was those managers need to have that consistent, you know, safe to fail type of philosophy. They need to be in step with the DNA of the company. Mm-hmm. So we started these um, uh, manager people manager roundtables, um, and they were incredibly popular. Maybe because the executive wasn't invited, <laughs> so the exec is not allowed. Um, and it really was the entire, um, you know, sort of middle management group uh, that, again, created, we created a safe space for them mm. to, to say, okay, well, you know, what's working, what's not, uh, what do you do in this situation? Uh, you know, there's training and exercises. And, you know, we brought in um, some coaches as well for this group, you know, and that coach would also coach us so that we're, there was, there was um, uh, consistency. Um but that that's worked really well, and we did. We we always do our sort of uh, employee surveys. Um, you know, we look for engagement and retention uh, mm. metrics, and uh, there was a marked improvement where, you know, on the the year preceding this management roundtable, you know, communication and um, you know, I have a I have respect or whatever the question the standard question is about. I respect mm-hmm. and, and work well with my manager. Mm-hmm. That increased actually quite dramatically um, as soon as we started that. So, so I, I do think that it worked quite well. Fantastic. So one of the, uh, and I mean, we're a little bit biased as coaches, <laughs> um, but I'd like to hear, and you had mentioned that you, you started looking into actually bringing on coaches into the organization about four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. And so I was curious what sparked that and what changes have you seen positive negatives um, from doing that? So the, the first coach I brought in was actually probably more like 15 years ago. Um, okay. and, and, and that was, uh, that was Rob Shapiro, uh, who's our head of HR. Um, hmm. Rob was actually brought in as a, a CEO coach for me and specifically around the idea that, um, I really disliked and and sort of you know clammed up when I had to do an all hands presentation um, mm. and now it's funny because the all hands at that group at that time was probably no more than you know seven or eight people so <laughs> it was a tiny little group but you know like I, I didn't like it um, I wasn't prepped I didn't know how to read the signals um, so we brought Robin and then you know uh, we've, we've had this long-term relationship with him um, as our head of HR. So I think he's, he's not a, he's not a, 
um, a coach that we've brought in, but you know he's been sort of instrumental in making sure that we bring coaches in uh, and that we seek um, you know outside help. Um, so I forget what the original uh, question was, but um, but we've certainly used them throughout. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you, you you touched on it there, and it was this idea of what kind of sparked you to decide, hey, I need I need some assistance. Yeah. It's one. It's one of those things. As you know, as a CEO or business owners, we see. You know, it's um, it's not always easy asking for help when everyone's mm-hmm. always looking towards you for help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like I don't get over it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Just let's go. Let's get this done. Okay. Let's figure. And, it out. And, and I and I think it's I think it's actually quite uh, like there are so many business advisors um Mm. you know like and and i think the idea of um you know executive coach is is something that is much more established now than it was you know maybe 20 years ago Mm. um so i don't know it's it's almost like a yeah if if you want to if you want to get to the next step you've got to stop what you're doing and start doing something else you got to learn you got to you know think of things differently so yeah just just do it yeah, for, it kind of resembles like the the idea behind you know what got you here today yeah, won't yeah. necessarily get you where you need to go tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Those new skills exactly. and letting go of the old ones, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. So, Alan, what are three words of inspiration that you would want the world to hear? So, I am, I'm, I'm always, I've always been an optimist. Um, and I think I'm, I'm quite lucky in that regard. Um, I think, you know, whenever I've come up against, you know, a, a hurdle or, or something has gone wrong, um, it usually doesn't take me long to find, you know, some kind of a silver lining. It may not be the solution, um, you know, but it, it helps me um, think straight and, and get energy again. Mm-hmm. So, um so there's a there's a saying that my one of my past CFOs used to say to me, um, and you you may have heard it, but but it's quite it's quite quite true, and I think it, it helps me. Um, it, nothing is ever as good or as bad as it seems, um, and I think that's I think that's sort of an important um, you know right sizing philosophy. Mm. So you know these great things that entrepreneurs feel and these really big depths that they experience as well. Okay. Nothing is ever as big or as good or as bad. Right. So, so focus on moving forward, right. Don't get, don't get swayed and don't get, um, you know, marred in this depth. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think, I think that's, that's definitely a philosophy uh, Mm -hmm. that I would, I would continue with. Um, other words um, that I would I would put out there is um, I don't know if it's a word, but it's it's more just like just work with people with trust and respect. Um, it's so it's like I don't know why it's so difficult, but there are so many egos out there, mm. you know that just really, really get in the way of listening um, and working together and respecting people. And like, like everybody just has to 
kind of chill and <laughs> just respect people, you know, and work with them like mm. you know you would want them to work with you. I don't know what the word there is, but yeah, you know, it's yeah. It, it's sort of a just just be actually that's the word. Just be kind. There, mm. yes. Like just be kind, like in everything you do, right? So mm-hmm. I think if if you can do that, you know, your friends, your colleagues, your customers will reward you, right? Very so, much so. I I think that's something that um, you know I've I've really like it. It really it almost I almost become unkind when when <laughs> when I see do the opposite. So I think that's a really important value in business, and I mean. Right. So, mm-hmm. so, so yeah, I, I'd leave, I'd leave people with that for sure as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know that there's a third. Um, I mean, there probably is if I thought about it long enough, but definitely. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like we're really fortunate in this instance in understanding the right sizing philosophy that mm-hmm. landed with me and, and I'll, I'll keep that filed away for yep. quite, quite a long time now and then the words around trust and respect and being kind Um, also ego uh, that rings true to me in the sense of self-awareness which could potentially be a whole other podcast just throwing it out there (laughs) yeah for sure (laughs) yeah and you you see these things right I mean you see but for both of those things you you see people like really really you know taking bad news hard Mm -hmm. or really getting overly excited about something that you know maybe not that earth shattering right mm. uh, okay mm-hmm. so let's let's you know take some perspective right and uh, mm. and you're right and and the be kind um such a simple thing but i think there's a lot of people that struggle with that definitely i hear you and we want to thank you so much alan for joining us today it's been wonderful chatting with you and getting your mm-hmm. insights and philosophies well, much, much appreciated. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I had something valuable to share. So <laughs> <laughs> most definitely I can assert for sure. Um, and we're looking forward to sharing all of your insights, uh, entrepreneurial and people wise, other, uh, otherwise people peopling, is that the right word? No, I'm blundering that totally. So we're going to cut it out. Uh, <laughs> so we want to I'm going to stop for a sec. I'm no good. Uh, So we want to thank you and appreciate you for sharing your entrepreneurial insights with Intuity Performance and our subscribers. And for those of you that would like more information on Clipfolio, we're going to be adding a link into our blog post page uh, as well as our website. Take good care. Thank you very much for all of our subscribers to tuning in into another great episode of the Elevate Business uh, podcast. Take good care. Thanks for listening to the Elevate Business podcast. I hope you enjoyed the program. You can subscribe to future podcasts at intuityperformance.com, where you can also sign up for webinars and learn more about professional coaching and our facilitation solutions available to help fire up your whole person performance skills and drive actions for success. Until next time, stay true to you and take care of each other. We are all better together. Thanks for listening to the Human Side of Business podcast. I'm glad you could join us. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to stay updated with our latest content, make sure to visit our website. The link can be found in the episode description where you can subscribe to the podcast, sign up for our newsletter, and learn more about our whole person leadership services. Sounds interesting? Explore the whole person leadership cohort 
by Intuity Performance, a unique program that offers unparalleled support to managers on every step of their leadership journey. Our program features evidence-based assessments, workbooks, group coaching, and interactive learning experiences to help you level up your leadership skills. Reach out today to apply to one of our upcoming cohorts. Until next time, take care and stay curious.